listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Tom McKay, and you may have noticed this is not an official episode of the podcast. This is a bonus episode of some kind, because right now we are currently off this week. Uh, but I wanted to give you something to uh, to tide you over until we come back on the 19th. And so what better way to tide you over than with my side series, MRP Throwbacks, which is a series that I, I decided to start up to bring back interviews that I had done in the past and bring it over to the podcast world, which I've so far done with Pterodactyl Problems, my very first interview, my second interview, and one of my most defining interviews with Lindsay Schoolcraft. And now we're back with another important one from my back catalog of early interviews with Astaroth Incarnate. Now, I specifically spoke with Sam Astaroth, the, their lead vocalist, uh, as well as the guitarist. I can't remember exactly his name, but I sat down with them at the Garrison in Toronto. This was an on-location interview. This was back December 6th of 2019 because uh, they were headlining for Darkstone. Uh, Darkstone Crows was a headliner along with Astaroth Incarnate, but both of them were headlining for Lindsay Schoolcraft for her Martyr release show. And so I sat down with them uh, before they went on stage. This is before soundcheck was even done. I sat down with them and let them know, and we started talking. Now, there's a couple of things that we that I look back on and I'm like, oh, God, why? And before we get into the main interview itself that I'll show you soon, uh, I wanted to talk briefly about what happened with this interview because so much really went wrong. And I think it's deterred me more or less from doing uh, – on-location interviews later on. I mean, of course, a pandemic seems to have helped with that, but a lot of things went wrong here that kind of... That's one of the things where it's like, I'm not doing any more uh, on-location interviews until I can figure out a way to make this easier. Because the interview kind... It, I think... In terms of content, the interview went well. Uh, me and Sam Astaroth ended up becoming friends later on, and, you know, even though the band did split up, I do think that that the guitarist doesn't hate my guts. Um, <laughs> I don't know how that relates, but uh, nonetheless, I think the interview actually went well. What didn't go well was a slew of things that, looking back, should not have been as difficult as it was. The main thing, uh, the, the, the plenty of main things here, but one of them was the fact that uh, my audio setup is not tailored for, you know, portable recording. Now, for context, I was using, in this interview, I was using a reporter's microphone, which is a lot more portable than the microphone that I usually use at home for most of these recordings, which is an AT2020. Now, this reporter's microphone is from Rode, which, great microphone. It needs an amplifier, but other than that, it's a good microphone. Um, but... What makes it less portable is the fact that I have to record with it into an a Focusrite Scarlet, which is not it's not large, but it's also not great to bring with you to a bar when you're recording interviews. Add on to the fact that I had to wire connect the two with an XLR cable, so all of a sudden, wireless recording is no longer a fucking option. <laughs> so that was not great. Add on to the fact, of course, on top of that, because I suck with preparing ahead of time to make sure I have my script memorized, make my questions memorized, I had the laptop right next to me 
while I was recording. So not only do I have my laptop next to me, not only do I have my Focusrite Scarlett next to me, connected to a no long, a not so wireless microphone, we're doing this in a public bar in downtown Toronto. I, I, wait, is it downtown Toronto? I have no idea. It's in Toronto nonetheless, and it's not the main city. So that is not a great recipe. <laughs> it's a crowded bar too, which makes it even better for audio recording because there's the lovely problem of noise happening in the background. Thankfully, of course, this microphone is directional from what I understand, so it wasn't that difficult to get rid of. It mostly was able to focus on the voices of me and the band members, which I was very fond of. But of course, another thing that was a problem, the video. If you saw the original video, you know that I ended up not using the video for the fucking video. And that is because the autofocus was having a fucking seizure or something. I have no idea. But also, uh, one thing But one thing you may not know is that halfway through the interview, the phone, which is my camera, stopped recording. The reason it did that was because if you have a, 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 any phone whatsoever and you're using a camera as instead in, in lieu of an actual functional camera, you would know that anytime someone calls your phone is a bloody nightmare. And that's exactly what happened halfway through the interview. My dad called for whatever reason. I think it was probably to check on me, see how I'm doing. But nonetheless, it stopped the video recording halfway through one of the questions. Now, again, thankfully, I didn't end up using any of the video for the interview that I uploaded. But of course, also the it just it's one of those things that if you're doing on on location interviews and you're doing camera work, make sure that a you're not using a cell phone camera. That might be something you might want to consider. Uh, or you at least have someone watching the camera to make sure that it's going to keep recording and not have any phone calls going off. Or if there are, just let the host know. But also important, very important, uh, that you want to keep in mind if you plan on doing on-location interviews, make it as portable as you possibly can. Uh, and that's something that I didn't do and something that I should be looking into for future uh, interviews that I, that I w might end up doing on location. But with that said, I've talked too long here. You're probably getting ready to leave like, get to the fucking interview, you twat! I get it, okay? We're moving into it now. This is the interview I did with Astaroth Incarnate from December 6th, 2019. Check it out. How are you guys doing tonight? Pretty good. Doing quite good, man. Yeah, we're doing, we're doing great. Oh, you're part of this too? I'm just assuming because you're sitting here as well. <laughs> All right. So, how are you guys doing today? How are you guys feeling? Quite good, man. Um, we prepared for this for like a year. It's two, well, two days short of a year. So took some time, but I think it's going to be worth it. All right. What do you think? Uh, we're live streaming the show. So if you're not here, watch it. <laughs> Even better. Live streaming the show tonight. All right. And how do you feel about today? Uh, feeling good. Uh, we've just been practicing uh, quite a bit. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're stoked to just uh, get our new material out there right now. So. Yeah, that's pretty cool to hear. All right, so we're just going to start this off real simple with a very, very important question. I ask every band this question, every artist I've ever interviewed. It's a very important question. If you could be any cereal box character, who would you be? A cereal box character? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I'm trying to think of one. I can't think of any. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, what about you? What about that tiger dude? Charlie the tiger? Yeah. Oh, okay. Fair enough. 
Uh, I was going to say the same thing, actually. <laughs> he's a personal favorite. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> All right. Okay, so uh, getting into the sound of music that you guys uh, always do, you've, you've been described on the Metal Archives as blackened death metal or melodic black metal, symphonic metal, et cetera, et cetera. But you guys describe it as, from what I understand, apocalyptic metal. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, just because the way we do our songwriting and the mentality we have when we're writing it, uh, it's an apocalyptic mind state, and it kind of puts like puts everyone on the edge, and we want to try to challenge each other and write the best song we can possibly write with the right meaning that we want to write with, and like try to bring it live. We think about the life aspect as well when we're writing. So, yeah, just the way we approach songwriting, it just felt like that was our mentality. So that's basically why we call it that. Okay, so apocalyptic metal, basically the mindset of this generation. Good to know. All right. All right. So tonight you are performing with Lindsay Schoolcraft and Darkstone Crows, December 6th. Uh, and judging by the lineup, we've got some goth metal, groove metal, and then you guys come in. In your apocalyptic metal, blackened deaths, whatever you want to call it at home. So uh, my question is, how does it feel to be the heaviest band performing tonight? Uh, I can't complain. <laughs> it's going to be fun. I, I absolutely agree. Yeah, we'll be going in soon. Some people might bleed. Last time we played at the garrison, I had a wall of death and like this guy's head was like bleeding and he was happy about it. So that was good. I mean, as long as he's happy about it, that's all, that's all you can ask for. Oh, my God. So uh, so I, I've heard that uh, from that from certain sources that you guys like cradle filth. Is that correct? Uh, maybe just a little, like very little. You know, if you listen to the EP, like, you'll never hear them. <laughs> I mean, fair enough, fair enough. So, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so, uh, would you, in any way, would you say that, seeing as you're performing with Lindsay tonight, would you say that her work as in terms of her solo or even with Cradle of Filth or any of her other projects has influenced uh, the songs in any way, shape, or form, even if it's a little bit? Oh, no, that's great. I used to take vocal lessons, or still do, take vocal lessons from her for clean vocals. And, um, yeah, we just became really good friends, and she's in Cradle. They're one of my favorite bands. So uh, with our new songwriting, direction change, keyboards, orchestration, choirs, like, I was like, okay, it feels like uh, we have, a, like, Ashley in the band right now. So it's like a female keyboard player. And she also takes vocal lessons from Lindsay. So anyways, uh, we just know her very well. It just felt natural to cover a song we all really liked. And then I also thought about how we could make it like our own and kind of uh, just connect with artists from around here that I've made friends with. So I got Alina and Voldemort's in into this song just to like, I don't know, make it more special because we're covering something. It's supposed to be about like bringing people together and stuff. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So let's see. Now, we're, now that we're out of the way of, uh, you know, other bands instead of you guys, how about we talk about you guys? So your new EP, Ascendance, just dropped today on uh, digital platforms. So how, so you're performing tonight as well for a release party. In a way, would you consider this a celebration of your release in more ways than one? Of course. Uh, Pablo can tell you. Uh, this so uh, The song, or whatever you're hearing now, is four years old. We played this live, trying to figure out... It just never sounded right. We're like, we, we want to do more with this, and then we just started messing around, and... Members came in, left, whatever happened, and 
basically we settled on like a team like our producer Tyler and Alex and Spencer helping us out with the orchestration and working with Alina on some choirs and stuff it's great like we have like an uh, array of options to just try out new things and work with uh, different sounds Pablo does like a lot of the songwriting uh, and Sergio also does songwriting and then we kind of all meet meet up and like put together uh, you generally have like a theme for all the songs so it just happens like I'll tell them something and they'll just come up with something that just fits somewhere and it, it works it's pretty natural so our songwriting is like moving along really well we have a full album plan it's it's kind of well not fully done but somewhat done but yeah we're just putting out this EP because we're like really excited that we're very happy with our new sound and yeah Pablo do you, you want to have anything to say? yeah I mean uh, it's a this is a celebration of our new sound um this is what we've been working on for a while and we have even bigger plans but at least we can give everyone a piece of what's to come like of the of the full picture so yeah this is like this is just a taste of what we have in store basically and we just want to show everyone you know we don't want to wait another three or two years or whatever years to uh, release the big picture we just want to uh yeah give people um uh, you know a taste of what we have, right? What, we, what we've been doing for a while, actually. So it's good to get it out there, actually. And we're stoked. We're stoked to be doing it right now. So, yeah. All right. Well, you heard it here first. We got a new full length coming up soon, probably. Like, how long do you think that'll take to... We'll see. Like, we're also testing our live uh, performance. Our live performances, if you notice tonight, will be a lot more theatrical, which is why we're, like, live streaming it. So people can just see, like, how our live... So we, a lot of people uh, complimented our live performances before, and I always felt like I could do more. So like it, we took some time to really think about how to bring our songs to life. Like what we're talking about does it does it look like that on stage when you're hearing it? It's like you could look at something and he listen to it at the same time, and if both things match, then it's like more special of being there, and you know. And so yeah, we try to do as much as we can, but. When, when it's right, we'll release it. We'll probably keep everyone updated and not leave in the dark. So we'll see. <laughs> okay, uh, real quick. My, I think my camera just stopped. So I'll just double check on that. Okay. Someone's calling. <laughs> Someone tried calling my phone. I'm in the middle of an interview here. <laughs> it's, uh, I just restarted the recording. We're good. But we, we, did, we do have the other footage there. It's all good. All right, uh, so, uh, so uh, looking at the track listing for the new EP, uh, I am noticing, like, you know, as a Prague fan, whenever I see Alpha and Omega, I immediately start connecting, like, there might be a connecting story. Given the fact that back in 2015, the band Periphery did that uh, with their double album, Juggernaut. Is that what's going on with I Am Fire, I Am Death in this uh, EP? Uh, well, yeah, like, if you follow, like, I... I Kind of said it's part one and part two, but it's like cut from the same cloth, you could say. So it's different, but it links together. And basically the way I kind of told the story, the real story is by the two uh, music videos we put out. So the first video kind of talks about something and the second video talks about something else. And I made some Facebook posts. So if you also dig through those, you'll figure out what I'm talking about. And that story actually ties into the full length album which you'll find out how like when it comes out but yeah if you like I don't know I like leaving little like you know cookie trails like you can 
spend some time and figure out some fun stuff and just have more fun with the music and you know, stuff like that. Uh, do you have any, you know, just little hints you can give to my audience here as a special Metal Robot exclusive? Pardon? Do you have any, like, hints to that new story uh, that you can give to the Metal Robot audience at home? Oh, well, this story is about life and death and rebirth. That's about it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So... Uh, outside of music, what would you consider to be, uh, you write lyrics for your music, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what would you consider the, uh, like, uh, outside of music to be your best inspiration, i.e. from books, movies, video games, whatever, uh, what would you consider your best, uh, source of, uh, inspiration for lyrics? For lyrics? Yeah. Actually, um, a lot of it is like. I, I write in uh, duality, so I'll always write a fictional and a non-fictional version. And if I write the fictional version, there will be a non-fictional meaning to it, and vice versa. So uh, it comes a lot from a lot of uh, like Lord of the Rings type of stuff, and then some anime and yeah, some video games and other stuff. Like I grew up playing those. So uh, besides that, like movies and other things and other bands I look into uh, and kind of like worlds they create, like King Diamond, from like the whole character he has, how he performs live. That's like one of my big inspirations, like for just writing lyrics, make, making meanings, and telling stories, and then try to bring it live. So, yeah, I think like all my guys, they agree that we all have fun. Ah, uh, yeah, we we enjoy what we do. <laughs> all right, cool. Thank God you began to talk. I was beginning to think you were mute for a second there. <laughs> Jesus. All right. So, uh, final question. Tonight, uh, December sixth at the Garrison, you're performing here in Toronto. Tomorrow night, you're performing in Montreal. Now, I don't know dick from shit when it comes to geography, but that's definitely not a two-hour drive. It's, it's like a six-hour drive. Give or take. So, like, just out of curiosity, what? Are, how are you planning on getting there before soundcheck? Do you guys, like, uh, are you going to start trekking it there after the show I ends? Know, I'm just, uh, after the show, I'm just crashing at Lindsay's, and then basically we're going to go there in the morning before soundcheck, and then crash there and then come back. It's not hard. Okay, so basically a speedy drive down the 401. Got it. All right. Yeah. So thank you so much for uh, stopping by. The new album, uh, EP Ascendance, is out now on digital platforms. And uh, can we, or is it in physical form as well? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like if you go to our band camp, like just uh, we put out everything we have, like CDs, merch, and everything on our band camp. And then it's just, it's pretty much plastered everywhere. So like if you look up our name, you'll probably find something. Will there be any physical versions here tonight at the show? Oh, definitely, yeah. And all the merch is here, too. So. Perfect. I'm going to pick a couple up. All right. So you heard it here. It's on all streaming platforms and in physical form, Bandcamp, at, and at any of the shows. So if you want a physical copy, make sure to go to those. Is there anything you want to say uh, to close out the video? Say Pablo, you want to say something? I said a lot. Yeah. Uh, I guess uh, thanks for the support. And I hope you guys enjoy Ascendance. Uh, a lot of hard work has been put into it. And yeah. And I uh, hope to see you at the shows. Thanks again, guys. Yeah, you know what? I'll tell you right now. Ascendance is a great album. It's a real shame that Astroth Incarnate isn't around anymore. But Sam Astroth is still doing some awesome work. And uh, I'll make sure to leave his links down in the description of this podcast episode. But with that said, uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. New episode of MRP is coming out March 19th. So stay tuned for that. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss it. And I'll see you in the mosh pit next time. Have a good night. You just listened to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast.